Welcome everyone to the new podcast from Working FinTech. My name is Ying Tao. I'm a co-founder of Working FinTech. And I'm so honored today to join you with my guest, Sashi. Sashi, can you quickly introduce yourself to our audience? Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Um, absolutely. So my name is Sashi Dias-Faltz. I'm currently the Global Head of Institutional Account Management at Coinbase. I'm based in London currently, and I reside here with my two children. Uh, so I'm happy to, to be here and share any, uh, any uh, knowledge that I can share uh, with you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sashi. It's actually quite an honor to have you with us today because your career journey is such an amazing journey in itself. And to many of the audience that you don't know, Sashi actually started from Merrill Lynch and then Goldman Sachs right after graduating from Stony Brook. So Sashi, I was curious, did you always know you wanted to work at an investment bank or how did you enter that career field? So I, I absolutely didn't always know that I wanted to be. Um, I had a lot of passions early on in my life, some fashion design, some in dance. And my inspiration for getting into financial services was actually my father. And while he's an engineer by profession, he had and continues to have deep interest and passion for financial services and the financial markets in general. And I still recall him giving me my first copy of the Wall Street Journal and Barron's to read um, when I was in high school. And I was intrigued by the industry ever since then. And so uh, that being so, I began pursuing internships at investment banks uh, over the summers in order to broaden my exposure to the markets and the inner workings of the companies. And in addition to, to that, like his entrepreneurial DNA was something I always admired. So um, while I haven't started my own company like like Yu Yang, it's it's I, I have uh, I have definitely a, a strong passion for uh, for startups, emerging businesses, and companies. And I'm super inspired by what you're doing and by what my father has done. Uh, that is quite an interesting story. And what's interesting even more is after you really established your career at Goldman Sachs you made a very uh, courageous move now, right, when we look back, that you joined this new uh, startup called Symphony. So what made you go from working at a very established investment bank to join Symphony as one of the first few employees? Yeah, it, it's a great question. And I had an incredible experience working at both Merrill Lynch and Goldman Sachs at a fantastic foundation for me and my knowledge of financial services. Uh, but I but I certainly, um, in my 15 years kind of working through uh, the financial services side of things, I, I certainly had come across quite a few mentors. And a wise mentor once told me, evaluate your work and role at a minimum of every five years and then ask yourself, am I motivated and challenged in the work that I'm undertaking? So I certainly kind of reflected, uh, you know, at, at various points of my career, are there other curiosities I'd like to pursue, other parts of the business that I'd like to pursue? And I found myself drawn to what I was observing around me at the time. And this was in 2011, 12, 13 timeframe. Um, I started to observe in the banking industry, there was a, certainly an increased investment in technology resources. So where the banks were staffing or continuing to staff or beef up staffing was in technology and development. 
In conjunction with that, there was a lot of creation of applications that I saw were that were proprietary to the banks. Um, and then also an interest in technology companies, whether the banks were investing in technology companies as part of a portfolio strategy or spinning out an application they may have created out of the bank. And so I saw this trend continuing to emerge over the years. And I was certainly interested in pursuing what I viewed as fintech emergence. And the writing was on the wall for me to pursue a role in fintech. And, and, and I hope you can relate to that. And I knew it was time to jump in and take a risk to join a startup. And in, in the case of Symphony, um, that, that firm was certainly focused on solving a real problem for financial services organizations. Um, focused on secure collaboration, data ownership, the automation of key client workflows. And I was excited to help them build a business and a team and make a difference in the way financial services organizations operated their businesses long term. So, so that was really the draw for me. It was reflecting on my career, reflecting on what changes were happening in real time in the industry, and then looking outward to say, where can I apply my skill set that could create value, not just for me, but for my clients and for the company I'm about to join. Gotcha. And you actually mentioned the word of FinTech and that it's all what we're about. So what does FinTech really mean to you? What is your definition of FinTech? Yeah, so I, I definitely feel like like fin, fintech is 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 the perfect combination of um, technology meets financial services workflow and and how how that will transform the way that we do business and and the way that we do business can be facilitating transactions it could mean um, processing uh, workflows more seamlessly uh, it could be leveraging multiple technologies to build um, something great and so fintech in my view, has endless amounts of possibilities and I think is rapidly changing every every day. Uh, so the solutions that can that can be born out of the fintech space, I feel are endless, Ying, and it's really up to the imagination of so many creative engineers, tech, you know, technology um, experts, as well as folks with financial services backgrounds. And as you think about most industries, they evolve. And technology is helping us evolve more quickly. Um, financial services is ripe with competition. And so the way that you're going to gain your edge in the future is embracing technology in order to facilitate um, really great business opportunities for, for your clients and for the company that you either are starting or that you work for. So in general, that's how I think about it. Like endless possibilities and the ability to create, as we talked about earlier, just creating that ecosystem that allows for innovation, that allows for advancement and evolution of, of financial services. Definitely. And it seems like a creation is such an important theme in your career, as after Symphony, you now joined or decided to make the transition to Coinbase. So how does your role at Coinbase different right, from your investment bank roles or Symphony? And how did you make the decision to capture this opportunity and decided to join Coinbase from Symphony? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, well, similar signs uh, showed up for me in my next career transition. So 
I, I, I was, I was with, um, with Symphony for about six and a half years and I was reflecting on my accomplishments, which, um, which I, I really felt the company had done, uh, great, great things. Um, I know you and I had an opportunity to work together when, when I was, was there and that's how uh, we continued our, our friendship and our working relationship. Um, but I certainly wanted to think about what was next for me in my career transition and, the way I look at it, Yang, there were four main catalysts that drove that change for me, and I really wanted to pay attention to those. Uh, first, my personal interest in the digital asset space. So I had become a retail investor in digital assets via Coinbase, uh, coincidentally enough, a few years ago. So way before I had I'd engage, engaged on potentially working there, I had personally been um, curious about the space. Uh, secondly, my institutional clients, while I was at, at my last firm, were inquiring about access to crypto data and analytics and the ecosystem in general. And their curiosity was peaking across the board. Um, so that was certainly another catalyst. Third, at the same time, the media was publishing trends of major corporations, major traditional asset managers getting into the digital asset space, either via direct investment in Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies or a, you know, digital assets or, or basically via futures. And so some of the traditional asset managers were getting access to the space um, via futures and trading um, Bitcoin futures in some of their investment funds. So I was observing all of those tangentially. And then lastly, I observed many leaders whom, which I have tremendous respect for and a history of working with entering the industry for various companies, um, not just Coinbase. And I was excited to continue to help build a business with them. So, so all in all, those factors gave me the confidence to transition into a new yet tangential industry, which allowed me to one, build my fintech experience, um, two, leverage the kind of background that I had in working in um, a technology organization that centered around encryption, protecting data, and embraced APIs, which allowed clients to integrate and, and leverage data within the, the application suite. And one of the most important things I continue to think followed me in my whole journey of, across the career was being able to leverage your client capital. And, you know, with the network that I've built and obviously that you've built, Ying, it, it really affords lots of opportunities to create um, and broaden the relationships that you have and the value you can bring those relationships no matter what company you end up joining. And so that created a large amount of excitement for me, and um, and I'm really um, thrilled to be able to to work um, at Coinbase and really help them scale and evolve their institutional business forward. Gotcha. And you even mentioned that you have this personal interest in crypto uh, many years ago, right? Before it really became mainstream as what it is now. So why do you think crypto has become so popular, and what opportunities do you see for crypto in the future? Sure. Well, I, I think the popularity is, has, has stemmed from, um, I think, lots of things. You know, I look at, you know, the environment that we're all in uh, as, as a result of, of COVID and, you know, the working environments we've all been um, not being able to access um, travel and, 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 and maybe the way that we were normally used to. And then also the um, the current events that we've observed, whether that be in Afghanistan or other parts of the world, um, Beirut, there's so much happening around the world that that is impacting 
um, I'd say the social aspect of financial freedom. And I tie it back to what our CEO, um, you know, continues, continuously ties our, our mission to, which is providing economic freedom to the world. And I think if you think about having access to capital through digital assets, it creates a lot of opportunity for, for people that may not have had the same amount of access for those that have been in developed countries and have had that privilege. So I think that is one. Um, two, um, decentralized finance is a topic of quite a lot of interest in our space. And it's very exciting to see institutions getting involved and in how that aspect of what we're doing will, uh, will evolve over time. And, and then also, as you think about government-backed um, currencies, um, there's, there's, there's also a lot of opportunity to see how we cohabitate. So how do, how do the governments um, think about uh, cohabitating with digital asset exchanges and the way that financial, um, our financial system is evolving over time? So I think it's a combination of all those things, social aspects, curiosities, um, creating the economic freedom factor, and then just having opportunities or different asset classes, as 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 digital assets is being, are being called, to um, augment portfolios in the future. So, Sashi, thank you so much for sharing these amazing opportunities that you look right for the industry. And as you are now forming a team uh, at Coinbase, so what do you see as priorities for your team at Coinbase in the near future? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, priorities around how we think about our advancement and evolution. So I kind of think about them in two buckets. So we have the business bucket and then we have the kind of personal advancement bucket and how we think about how we evolve as professionals. Um, I think on the business bucket, um, continuing to be global collaborators. So how we think about our product suite and how we service our institutions globally is essential for our success. Uh, how we think about automating process continuously and doing things better and more efficiently um, is something that I, I hold my team accountable to. How we cross-collaborate um, across the different business lines um, in the company is essential to our advancement and our evolution. And so we partner very closely with sales, trading, and product to ensure we're delivering the best experience possible to our institutional clients. Um, and then being um, not only client-centric all the time and client-first all the time, but also embracing content and what are the tidbits of content that we can continuously share with our clients to make sure that they're informed of the latest um, updates, whether those are macro-related trends or their regulatory-related trends and things that we want to share generally. Um, so, so I'd say at a, at a very high level, those would be the business buckets that I, I believe will continue to transform the team. And our team is growing rapidly globally, and I'm, I'm very excited to, to, to be leading, leading this, this, this organization. On the, on the softer side of things, I, I do think that it's quite important in order to grow um, that um, the team kind of creates um, really great uh, focus on being self-aware and I think this is advice for 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 everyone, Ying, that I I would I would share um, either folks coming out of school thinking about what they want to do next or professionals that are already in the business. But I I, I believe as challenges are going to present themselves, whether those are regulatory challenges, competitive challenges, um, always having to you know accept feedback with an open mind, affect changes, and reflect on them, and that's the way you're going to advance in in whatever role that you're doing. Um, I think because we are in an, an evolving industry, 
leveraging the strength of your network is critical. Just like you and I continue to maintain our um, connections, even now, you know, in two different organizations, um, we're bringing together very common themes. And and I and I encourage the team to continuously, no matter what industry they came from, whether it's traditional finance or fintech or um, or market data, um, leveraging the strength of the network um, will continue to. Um, to, to, to do well by you. Um, it's one of the most, you know, cherished things you could, you could absolutely tap into. Um, staying balanced. I mean, we are in a 24 hour market, right? So, so that is challenging in itself. Um, but it's important to stay balanced, um, mentally and physically prioritizing, um, you know, yourself, your family, your, your hobbies, um, as well as your work. So really encouraging that in order to have a really good state of mind um, is super important to me and something I continuously articulate with my with my team. Um, and challenging your knowledge base. I mean, this, especially our market, is moving so quickly. You know, it's hard to say you're an expert in, in digital assets with the pace that it moves. So spending time where you can make an immediate impact, but then also um, looking at areas that you, you need to enrich yourself on and, and spending the time and making the time to learn and get deeper in that space. Um, so those are kind of areas that I'd say that I think are important to evolving the team where I would expect us to kind of build and, and grow towards. Um, but those are just some 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 areas I thought would be helpful to share. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that is really great. And especially to see that you not only put your clients first, but also put your uh, team first, right, and really create this supportive and collaborative uh, environment for them to not only achieve uh, professional achievements, right, but also personal balance and person personal fulfillment is really important. And you know, as someone like you who has made so many transitions in your career, what advice do you give for someone in the middle of their career, right, when they really consider for their next career move? Sure. Um, so I would certainly say lean into your curiosities. Uh, you know, if you are curious about a space, about an industry, read up on it. Find people in your network or in the networks of people in your network that can share um, real life experiences on what it's like to be there. Um, don't be afraid to, uh, to 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 tap into that space and and learn more and take a chance, even if it's an internship or um, a part-time consulting role in that space so you can really get under the hood on what it's like to work in that industry or that company um, or, you know, really satisfy that curiosity of yours. So so lean into your curiosities, I'd say, would certainly be be one. Um, and and I was, I'll, I'll say it again, but I think really challenging your current knowledge of, like, the way you do things and execute them with purpose. So making sure you while you can spend time on areas that you can make an immediate impact in so the things you're comfortable with but the things that make you a little uncomfortable right how are ways that you can think about evolving your strategies and incorporating feedback from maybe the community around you in order to um, expand your horizons so so i'd say certainly tap into the network lean into your curiosities challenge your current knowledge base um, and bring that bring all that together and it will probably buy, you know, bode you quite well in, in terms of the outcome at the end of the day. Um, and, and then keeping balance, as we talked about before. But I'd say thinking about those consciously, um, constantly educating, reading, tapping into your network, and even setting up twice a week a conversation with 
two people that you either haven't caught up with in a while that are in your network and you want to understand what's going on and they're maybe connected to that space that you're curious about or asking them for someone that they might know, right? And and even if it's two conversations a week, those are two more conversations than you had scheduled that you'll probably have more questions and more information than you entered the week with. And so it could be something as simple as that to get ideas sparked or to for you to kind of get to that next place in your journey. Mm-hmm. That's such great uh, practical advice, right? Both from a mindset perspective as also from, you know, uh, the actual action that you can take. Especially what I love, what you shared about those little things that you can do that really hone in, right, from curiosity and then what you're really passionate about. Yeah. Thanks, Yang. I appreciate that. Thank you. And we'll conclude with our podcast by asking you to share uh, a fun fact with our audience about yourself. Okay, sure. Um, so I have actually have two fun facts I can share. Uh, one one is is interesting. A, a good family friend of ours who works for Disney. Um, came to me one day and said, you know, I've been trying to write a series and every time I submit the cast members' names, I always get shot down. You know, I, I put my family, I put, you know, my best friends, but he's like, I put your name out there and they liked it. So he ended up naming a Disney character after me. So I have a Disney character, if anyone watches Disney XD, <laughs> um, named Sashi Kobayashi. And she's um, a really... Uh, really innovative sidekick for one of the main characters on a show called Pen Zero. So that is one. I have a claim to fame to be inspire, be an inspiring name for a Disney character. And then the, the other one that I think is fun to share, and my kids like this one, is so we talked about balance. And so the way that I get my balancing is I set, aside, I set time aside almost every day to work out. And I choose a workout that's quite intense. I do dance cardio and I have to stay focused in order to execute that, that, that workout. But my passion for dance has started very young. Uh, when I was five years old, my mother got me into ballet and I was dancing all my life. And when I moved to California, when I was working at Merrill Lynch, I, at, at, in the evenings, I would take dance classes and I was introduced to, for those of you that know the NBA, the National Basketball Association in the U.S., the Golden State Warriors, um, based out in Oakland or was now in San Francisco, I auditioned for the team and I became a Golden State Warrior girl for two seasons. So I um, I did that while I was working full time in finance. So anything is possible. The hours were crazy, but um, but it, I made it work and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made because it, it gave me such a, a wonderful expanded network to people that were not necessarily in financial services that I still keep in touch with today in an experience that I'll never forget. And also I feel like it certainly helped me with, you know, my ability to connect with others and being able to perform in such a large forum certainly I think helps me with doing, uh, doing speaking engagements. So those would be my two fun facts. I hope you found them fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for being the warrior girl and also demonstrating for all of us that you do can achieve win-win by have your pursue your passion as well as making it a career. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And and I hope it'll serve as an example to my children, you know, that anything's possible. And uh, I try to do my best to make sure that they see that every day in me. Definitely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sashi.
My pleasure, Ying. Uh, thank you for having me. It's been an honor, and I and I hope to uh, hope I've touched uh, anyone that's listening or watching to this podcast. But thank you so much, Ying, for having me. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm.